everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of NSPE Speaks, the only podcast produced by the National Society of Professional Engineers for professional engineers. I'm your host, Stacey Ober, and I'm joined by the rest of our awesome podcasting team, Associate Editor Danielle Boykin, Senior Staff Writer and Content Editor Eva Kaplan-Leiserson, and Staff Writer Matthew McLaughlin. The theme of this podcast is Back to School, and we'll be focusing on topics and interviews relating to our students and young members, as well as some of the new trends in engineering education. But first, we want to fill you in on some of the profession's latest news with Danielle. It's great to be back with you and the rest of the crew for the latest edition of NSP Speaks. Uh, on the news front, let's start with a major victory for professional engineers. NSPE was able to secure a provision requiring PEs to prepare and seal engineering reports as part of all permit applications for abandoned mine lands cleanups. This victory builds upon the society's other recent successes to increase recognition in both Congress and federal agencies of the need for the licensed PE in federal projects. And it was the Gold King Mine blowout disaster that propelled this issue to the forefront, right? That's right. Also, abandoned mine lands have been an issue for decades because of unaddressed liability issues preventing proper cleanup of these sites. The legislation, which is H.R. Bill 3843, uh, known as the Locatable Minerals Claim Location and Maintenance Fees Act of 2015, addresses Good Samaritan remediation of abandoned mine lands and sets up a system for resolving this long-term public health, safety, and welfare issue. The introduced version of this legislation did not require PE, but NSP worked with the House Natural Resources Committee to include a requirement for PEs. The committee passed the bill with unanimous consent. So the society is now working to see if the legislation can be brought to the House floor for a vote before the end of the 114th Congress. Also, NSP is working on a companion Senate uh, bill as well. Uh, in related news to that, uh, on August 16th, NSPE President Cody Verhollen submitted a public comment to the Securities and Exchange Commission to uh, sort of strengthen qualifications for mining registrants. Uh, this is in response to the proposed rulemaking for the modernization of property disclosures for mining registrants. The proposed rule requires mining companies to disclose resources and reserves to investors and also requires a qualified person to classify a deposit as a reserve. The qualified person is defined as an eligible member or licensee in good standing of a recognized professional organization at the time the technical report is prepared. Now, is NSPE urging the SEC to revise the rule and revise that definition of qualified person? Uh, yes. Uh, the NSPE wants the qualified person to be defined as a licensee in good standing with a board authorized by U.S. state statute to regulate professionals in the mining, geoscience, engineering, geology, and or related field. And the qualified person must be licensed and in good standing with the authorized board and the state or territory in which the deposit is located. If anyone wants to take a look at uh, Verhollen's full letter, they can access that in the issues and advocacy page of the NSPE website. And just one more good piece of news when it comes to NSPE taking action to strengthen and unite the professional engineering community. At the recent National Council of Examiners for Engineering and Surveying's annual meeting, the council voted to defeat a proposed motion to change the NCWS model law to create separate licensure for structural engineers 
and additional states beyond where separate licensure already exists. NSP state societies and individual NSP members were critical in this victory. They reached out to their state licensing boards to ask them to oppose discipline-specific licensure, which weakens the licensure system and in the long run will confuse the public. NSPE wants less fragmentation and more unity within the profession. Yeah, we certainly want and the public needs a strong licensure system. Thanks, Danielle. Moving now to our focus on education, Eva, you did an interview on a really interesting topic. Can you tell us about it? Sure, yeah. Um, Making is a growing trend in education. My September-October PE Magazine feature focused on how this relates to engineering specifically. I talked with a PE, Kim Talley, who is assistant professor in the Department of Engineering Technology at Texas State University, San Marcos, for this interview that you'll hear. She's the co-director of the school's makerspace. Um, Their space, which is called Bobcat Made, students can create, build, and tinker with a variety of objects that they dream up. For instance, the space has a 3D printer, laser engraver, vinyl cutter, desktop CNC milling machine, and computer workstations. So for this interview, I spoke with Tally about what the students do there. You can read more about making and engineering education and the potential benefits in the September-October issue of PE Magazine, and check the show notes. I'll put a link in there. Thanks for joining me, Kim, to talk a little bit more about um, making. And, Thank you so um, much for having me. Yeah. And just to uh, get a definition in your words, how do you define making? Making, I feel like it's a collaborative process where you get to create and play. Okay. And, yeah, you've, you've said um, making is, is a lot like playing or is playing. Why do you think that the students find it so fun? I think because we're not requiring them to do it for a class necessarily, so they can really think about, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could do this thing or make – a lot of students get excited about making Christmas presents mm. for their family members, and then also Halloween costumes are another popular thing to do. So I think – it's the things they all think would be so cool if they just had the tools, and now they have the tools. So I think they get excited about that. Yeah, I was going to ask about what are some of the most interesting projects that you've seen students work on. Can you can you talk about some of the, the projects and, and what they've done? Um, I've seen, I guess, a student having fun on there. We have a mini mill that's fully enclosed, and they were making logos. It's sort of like a, a, like a stamp you could make out of wood, so you could, like, make their, it was for their club, student club, they happened to be making it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun to see them make like make their own stamp so you could put it in the ink and stamp it out, which I just wouldn't even thought to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was pretty fun. And actually it was one that was for class, but it wasn't, re- I guess it wasn't required for class. There was a student in construction who was in their capstone course and decided to make a model of the building that they were proposing to uh, the project sponsor, how they were going to build it. And it definitely was not required for the project to make their own little mock-up of the building, but they did it. They drew every bit of it up in CAD, and then they came in and cut all of the pieces of the building out of the laser, and then basically had this big puzzle they put together they had made for themselves mm-hmm. to show the project sponsor, mm-hmm. which was very fun. And they've had all kinds of fun with the 3D printers. As you're, I feel like that's just like playland where they come up like, oh, I'm gonna print out my favorite Pokemon, or I want to have a stripe bracelet so they would stop and change the colors of filament as they're going through. So it's just what would otherwise be like a one-color bracelet. I've seen it like rainbow stripes and ones with a blue stripe in the middle and different colors on the outside. Huh. Yeah. They've had fun just trying, like, seeing how quickly they could change the filament so it still is a good bond. Mm-hmm. 
And costumes. Tell me more about the, the costumes that you've seen. Uh, the costumes, all right, so that, to be honest, is something that Georgia Tech reports a lot more of because this is going to be our first semester open during the fall mm -hmm. semester. They can make their own projects, so I, we're planning on having a night to focus on making costumes, whether it's we have another professor who's really into um, wearable electronic circuits, and it sounds awesome, so I really want to learn more about them. Uh, but you could even say, think about having your cape with, like, flames that would light up in it ah. so you could do that you could work in the the lights and have something come on so i'm like i'm excited to learn more about that i heard a student talk about um their brother who had and their job had access to a 3d printer and like spent like a month printing out all the pieces to an iron man suit huh. like 3d printing <laughs> and then even like wired in like lights to like light up for the eyes Nice. I was like that was some dedication and a very understanding uh, employer yes. <laughs> to allow them to print that all out. But that is, you know, if they're willing to to budget the time and just keep each print for us to two hours, then you know they potentially could do that. That's a lot of filament, though. Yeah, full Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, we get into this more in the future, and and uh, I talk a little bit more about your your research and that. Um, but just tell me a little bit anecdotally to, to tease for the future for those folks who haven't read it yet. Um, what do you see students gaining? You know, this is a lot of fun, but what do you see them gaining that could be applied to engineering education? Just real briefly. All right. So what they seem to be gaining is that they gain confidence in their ability to do engineering design. Mm -hmm. And as far as, uh, so that's in their self-efficacy. So a big amount of retention is do they feel confident that they could do it are they going to persist through maybe they didn't get a grade quite as high as they wanted? Especially this is an issue for female students that if they are not scoring to the level they assume that they're going to be, they're like, oh, maybe I'm not cut out to be an engineer. It's The past studies have shown that um, the male students aren't quite as affected by one lower grade as some female students. Mm -hmm. So if we can build up their confidence, then um, we're hoping that they're more resilient and wanting to stay in engineering because they can still do an awesome you know, be a great engineer and not have done amazing on one of their fluid mechanics tests or something. Mm -hmm. you know, which I pulled that one out because I, my first fluid mechanics test was quite <laughs> bad. And I managed to get through and I got a PhD in engineering. So it is, it is definitely something you can overcome a bad test grade here and there. And if we can have their confidence that, yes, I can be an engineer, then that's great. That can help them get through occasional rough patches and they can still go on and do great things in the field. Definitely. Well, everyone can check out the feature article uh, linked in the show notes that we'll have up there for more on your research to quantify some of these, these benefits and, and, and get data on them. Thanks so much for talking with me again. And um, Thank you. Thanks again. And speaking of students and cool things, let's turn our attention to our own NSPE student chapters with uh, some info from Danielle. University students definitely need more than classroom instruction time to help get them on the path to becoming engineers. One way that the society is supporting future engineers is by providing student leadership opportunities and often their first taste of the profession through student chapters. There are nearly 50 active chapters across the nation. That's awesome. And I see that you wrote a feature article in PE Magazine late last year about our student chapters. Uh, do you want to share some more details about those chapters? Of course. Uh, the feature article focused on three chapters that have really been engaging students in unique ways. At the Southern Methodist University student chapter in Dallas, 
the focus has been on turning this chapter into the go-to organization for leadership. About five years ago, the chapter was somewhat of a revolving door for students. You know, these students would come to a few meetings, but they wouldn't stay committed to the organization. Under the leadership of chapter president Olivia Asaneme, a mechanical engineering major, and with the support of faculty advisor Sevek Singor and NSPE member and SMU alum John Ho, they've managed to turn things around. The chapter has hosted workshops to promote licensure and provide prep for the FE exams. And the chapter has also collaborated with other student engineering organizations to host meetings featuring professional panels. Another chapter that we focused on was the University of Minnesota Twin Cities chapter. Uh, this chapter hosts annual events such as a road to licensure presentation <clears throat> by state licensing board members and a speed networking event put on by the student chapter and the Minnesota Society of Professional Engineers. Uh, these are just two examples of how budding engineers are able to make real-world connections that keep uh, them engaged. Now, one of the most active chapters around is the Purdue Society of Professional Engineers. Uh, this chapter has about 150 active members. You name it, they do it. One of the things they do is sponsor the PSPE Rube Goldberg Challenge Team, uh, which always comes out on top. Uh, they actually revived a winter gala uh, about two years ago, and this is a unique event where it mixes entertainment and some engineering education opponent. I mean, um, they even do ballroom dancing at this event, so it's really good and fun for the students. Uh, they also host or have been the sponsors of a research roundtable, which is a career fair for research opportunities, and it reaches students outside the chapter as well. So, you know, it's been really popular and it's gotten great accolades. Uh, they've also done some collaboration with the Chi Epsilon, um, a civil engineering honor society to provide FE exam review sessions. And one of the strengths of the student chapters is that they work closely with our state societies. Uh, the Indiana Society of Professional Engineers works with the uh, student chapter to uh, put on the math counts competition so that gives them a chance to you know coordinate and and operate and connect with other uh, young people so i mean that's like a huge list of of awesome things that that mm -hmm. chapter does it's pretty impressive um so you would think that in all of that that um you know this would sort of set these students on the path to to licensure uh, it certainly does first being a member is free and then you get access to resources provided by NSPE on our website uh, whether it's mentoring programs review uh, courses for exams so there's a lot of things to access um, when I did the article I spoke with the president of the uh, Purdue Society chapter Mayank Makar uh, he was interesting um, he's an industrial engineering major who came to the US from New Delhi India uh, and he came to the U.S. because he wanted to get what he described as a more well-rounded engineering education and college experience. And he said, point blank, his participation in the chapter uh, has led him to get on the path to licensure. And because he's had that experience, uh, like I said, with the different events they put on, and then he can get, you know, some good leadership opportunities. Um, I recently spoke with an up, uh, for an update with the chapter's advisor, which is NSP member Vincent Drenovich. Um, to sort of see what they're doing this year. Uh, one of the things they're doing just to keep momentum and just to keep people, uh, students engaged is a new incentive program 
uh, where pe uh, students get points um, for attending meetings and events. And at the end of the year, they can trade in these points for t-shirts and other things. Another thing that they've done is to expand on the research roundtable. They partnered with Fiat Chrysler America, which will give a presentation to students about uh, career opportunities. Uh, so it's exciting and they, they're trying to, you know, keep the momentum and, and, and keep students interested. Um, for one thing, like I said, although we only have 50 chapters, we can always have more. The newest addition to the NSP student chapter family is the uh, chapter at Stony Brook University in New York. Uh, the students have been successful at getting a new chapter. Uh, they were officially recognized uh, starting in February, and uh, even though they only have about 35 active members, they've, they've really been engaged in several events, and uh, they are working closely with the New York State Society uh, chapter to, <clears throat> again, keep that momentum going for this uh, new school year. And if any of the listeners want to learn more about student chapter uh, resources and uh, to read more about the uh, chapters that I wrote about in the PE Magazine article, which is featured in the November-December 2015 issue of PE Magazine. They can do so by checking out the links on our show notes. Wow, thanks, Danielle. And kudos to all of our amazing student members and all of the awesome things they and their chapters are doing. I think sometimes it's easy to forget that, uh, that we've got our engineering students out there doing some, some pretty cool stuff in their chapters, so... And actually, Stacy, both Olivia and Mayank helped me out with our next feature. Oh, really? And what's that? Well, we thought since it's back to school, we would ask both uh, a professor and some students for advice on how both students and professors can make the most out of their academic year uh, and engage with one another better. But before we get to them, let's go to NSPE member and Wilkes University professor Holly Frederick, PE, for some advice on how students can make the most out of their academic year. One main piece for students to consider is time management. The more organized you can be with your time in the beginning, meaning not putting things off until the last minute, um, when you find yourself challenged by a subject, uh, don't waste time in addressing that. If the tutoring resources on your campus, best to take advantage of that as soon as you can. Um, don't assume you'll be able to cram or catch up on things later. Uh, be as proactive as you can be, and it's especially important, I think, for freshmen, because freshmen have to go through a big change coming from high school to college, where when they're in college or university, their time schedule is their own. They may not be given the same style of assignments, and you have to be very proactive with your time, understanding what you know, and getting help as soon as possible so that you can be successful. You know, looking back on my time as a student, I think I can safely say that's good advice I could probably have heard a lot more often. I think we all could have, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Back to school time isn't just a good opportunity to remember our younger and student members, but also those who are working in higher education uh, to help the next generation of engineers succeed. So that's why we took the opportunity to speak with both Olivia and Mayank about some of the ways that professors can better engage their students with the materials. First, let's see what Mayank had to say. I think 
so far from what I've experienced, the more the professor is kind of involved with the class, the better uh, I tend to like the professor and the class itself. And when I say more involved, I mean like just uh, when the professor isn't just boring, you know, just a simple way lecturing us. And they actually ask questions and they actually expect answers to those questions. And not necessarily just like questions like quizzes, but uh, just thought-provoking questions, I feel. And here's Olivia sharing her experiences with professors encouraging students to take advantage of office hours and how beneficial that's been. I think uh, what I've experienced here at SMU, uh, the professors are really good about encouraging students to attend their office hours. Since our class sizes are usually pretty small, um, some students still get a little bit shy, but uh, most professors encourage students to come to office hours, which I think is actually really beneficial to them because then they get to talk about more about the subject with the professor and understand more things. Thanks for those interviews, Matt. They were thoughtful answers, and I hope our members working at both colleges and universities find them helpful. True that, Stacy. And of course, both students and professors can get even more advice by reaching out to one another and engaging in dialogue. Exactly. And since we're talking about younger engineers anyway, I recently had the privilege of speaking with NSPE's 2016 Young Engineer of the Year, Jason Stith, who is a civil engineer with Michael Baker International in Kentucky. And I was able to ask him a few questions about um, his award, his involvement in his state society, and also some advice for our students and other young engineers. You can take a listen. Thanks for joining us today, Jason, and congratulations again on your um, award of the Young Engineer of the Year. What does that award mean to you? Well, thank you very much, Stacey. I appreciate it. Uh, and, and again, it, it means a lot. It's very humbling to me. Um, like I said, we work on a lot of projects as engineers. We've been fortunate to work on a lot of big projects, and it's always done by a team. You have you have all sorts of people that you work with, your coworkers, and and so to, to be given an award like this kind of represents, and I feel like you know, kind of uh, hope to represent all the people and the mentors that I've had um, that have helped me get to this point in my career, and just uh, you know, very. Uh, honored and humbled by uh, NSPE and, and, and their awarding this to me. Well, wonderful. We're honored to have you as our awardee. So one of the things we're going to do on this podcast is we have um, our show notes, and we're going to be linking our listeners back to um, the little bio that we have on the website. But I wanted to see if maybe there was something else you wanted to let our listeners know about yourself and your work that you do. Yeah. So, um, you know, in short, I'm, just, you know, I'm a bridge designer, I'm a bridge guy, and uh, enjoy that. I think, you know, for me, one of the most rewarding parts of, of my career has been the fact that I've kind of been able to look the overarching, you know, life cycle of a bridge, uh, you know, from the design side and just been able to be involved in a few uh, big design projects and, and working through, you know, taking a concept that you imagine and putting it down on paper and, and, and utilizing that part of it all the way through the construction. You know, even going back to grad school, I was able to, you know, work on construction uh, topics and, and, and uh, do some research in that field and, and get out into the field. And, and then also the inspection side, all the way to the bridge maintenance and inspection, which is, is becoming increasingly more important uh, with our aging infrastructure. Um, you know, but I think that aspect of it, especially for younger engineers, really important to be able to get out in the field, you know, see and feel and touch, you know, what we're designing. It becomes more real to you. You know, you can learn from our mistakes. One of the best things an engineer can do, and you'll get out there and you'll see a bad detail in, in a problematic area, and, you know, you'll take that back to your design and, and try to improve upon it and make sure that you don't make simple mistakes. I think that's, um, you know, been one of the most rewarding parts of my career is that it's kind of been looking at all aspects of the, of the, of the infrastructure and bridge life cycle. 
Well, you do, and like you mentioned, the aging infrastructure being a, a big issue nowadays. So um, appreciate, like I said, what you're doing to keep us safe. Um, one of the other questions we had was, you know, just kind of wondering, like, how you sort of got involved with the Kentucky Society and NSPE, and and how that involvement has maybe helped you, you know, in your career. Yeah, so, you know, I'm really mad. It starts back a long ways, even back to the high school. I had an uncle that was a, a chapter president for years and years, and, you know, he'd invite us, invite me to different events, you know, when I was in high, at the end of high school and starting into college. And then I kind of got involved with the Kentucky professional engineers in college a little bit um, and, and kind of got that introduction, which, which was which was good. Um, and then, of course, once I started my career early on, I had, you know, other mentors and bosses that, that were members and going to meetings and encouraging me to go to meetings. and. And it was really great because you could get in there and you could you could meet people from other firms. You could kind of network within you know the engineering community uh, and really provide you a good opportunity uh, to, to 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 see what other people are doing and how they're progressing in their career. And uh, I think that was that's that's one of the things for me that that, that NSPE really um, allowed me to do. Now beyond that, as I kind of moved on, the Kentucky Society Professional Engineers has a very good program called Leadership PE. I think they've done this for 16 or 17 years now, where they bring in a set of engineers, and uh, for about nine months, we go about one weekend a month to a different state park, um, and they work on more soft skills that we don't focus as much on in school, but are really important to our engineering um, careers and, and moving forward, and, and you get to really get to know some people and, and kind of work your way through that, and I think that was a great program, extremely helpful to me. Um, I think some of the other states also have similar type of, of programs um, and, and a very big benefit at least the Kentucky Society Professional Years has and, uh, for its members and for me personally. Yeah, definitely. Sounds like an mm -hmm. excellent benefit. And sort of on that topic, um, the subject of our podcast this time is sort of the back to school. So we're looking at, at topics relating to our student members and our younger engineers. So along those lines, Jason, do you have any other advice or things that you pass along um, to our younger members? Yeah, so for me, you know, when I think of it, specifically with, with the National Society of Professional Engineers, because I think the, the thing that, that, that strikes me and I, I really appreciate about it is that really NSPE is the only national voice that specifically advocates for professional engineers. And, you know, as, as, as young members, I think it's sometimes hard to understand and grasp that concept, but the licensure and the ability to make sure that our public safety and welfare is, is preserved with the um, engineers, and uh, I think that, that that is really critical that we have somebody out there that is looking after it, that is, that is enforcing it, and making sure that we have um, the licensure uh, requirements set. And, and, and without NSPE, I don't know who else would really do that. So I think it's hard for young engineers, but very important. Secondly, um, you know, the, the, the state chapter stuff, again, get back to that mentoring. I think it provides an opportunity for mentoring. You have an uh, opportunity to network with people and to work with. I think that's a really big area that's, that some of the state chapters are starting to is, is trying to, to figure out how can we better mentor to our young members. And I think that will draw in a lot of young members into the society if we can have a kind of more formalized mentoring program that, 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 that has to facilitate that. And lastly, it, it gives you an opportunity to give back. I mean, as you move forward, it's always good to, to turn around and give back. I mentioned at the beginning of this that, you know, even back to high school, early in college, you know, I was kind of introduced into KSPE. And I think now that I can do that, and we do, we go back and, as our chapter, we go back and talk to high school students. We tell them, hey, you all need to go through and look at ABAT accredited programs. If you want to be a licensed engineer, this is very important. And for young people that don't know what questions to 
sound advice, um, they wouldn't know that. I think it's very important for us to have been through the process to turn around and try to help those that are coming up behind us. So I think all those things um, provide a good avenue for young members to get in and, and to contribute you know, significantly very early on. Excellent advice. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know our listeners really appreciate it. And um, that's all the time we have. But I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with us for this latest podcast. And uh, Thank you, Stacey. we uh, look forward to talking to you more in the future. Thanks, Jason. And now we move to one of my favorite sections, our audience participation segment, where we are going to be asking our listeners and social media visitors to do a little back-to-school something for us. You want to give us a little more details, Matt? That's right. Be sure to check out our social media accounts after listening to this podcast for opportunities to share your old college or school photos with us. Yes, or high school even, if yeah. you want to go back that far. But we want to see some photos of you when you were in engineering school or you know, when you were thinking about going into engineering school, whichever. Sure. If you thought you were an engineer in fifth grade, send us your fifth grade picture. That's fine. Or send us your high school picture with your perm or your pocket protector or whatever else you had going on. We would love to see it. Definitely. Definitely. So, again, keep an eye out for that. And I hope you will take us up on this challenge and send us some great photos. We had great participation for this year's PE Day, so we'd like to have some equal participation for this awesome back-to-school event. Um, Back-to-school backtrack. Oh yeah, I like that. Back to school backtrack. That's what we're going to call it. You heard it here, folks. I just made that up, everybody. <laughs> well, I think that honestly just about does it for this latest episode of NSPE Speaks. We are always sitting here eagerly awaiting your feedback, what you like, what you don't, what you'd like to hear more of during our time together. So please consider dropping us a line um, at podcasts with an S at nspe.org. And until next time, enjoy the hopefully cooler weather of fall. All right. See you next time. Talk to you later. Yep. And good luck with school. Bye.